go. What's up, guys? Welcome back, I-90 Sports Nation. What's up, y'all? Hope everybody's enjoying their Friday night. Welcome to episode 11 of the I-90 podcast. And this is going to be a special episode. We're going to call this the Windy City Takeover. And we are going to focus today on the Bears and the Bulls. And we have a very special guest along with us for the first time ever making his appearance on the I-90 Sports Podcast. And we, me and JD, thank him for his time. Thank you, buddy. Much appreciated. Josh from the Sports Fury. What's up, bud? Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me on as a guest. I'm happy to be here. Um, Ready to get some stuff off my chest about the Chicago Bears, the optimism I have for the Chicago Bulls. It's going to be a fun time. Can't wait to get into it. Thanks again, guys. You guys are awesome. (laughs) We appreciate it, buddy. We really do. Thank you for coming on. So let's just dive right into it. JD, start it off, brother. Go for it. All right, man. Uh, I I definitely want to pick your brain, Josh. Uh, So in your popular segment on uh, the Sports Fury channel, which if obviously I'm sure all of you have subscribed to it, if you haven't, definitely do so and hit that notification bell. You said F you to Matt Nagy. You mentioned his ego was out of control. Uh, I mostly agree with most of those things. I just wanted to um, kind of get your thoughts on that before I even go further on that. Yeah, Matt Nagy. He is a detriment to his own self and to the team because of his ego, because of his pride. I think that showed more today with um, him discussing about the quarterback situation going into Sunday that he won't name a quarterback. What strategy does that have? I, I don't understand. Um, every time you think it's gonna, it, it's worse, it just gets more worse. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think his pride – is letting him uh, get in the way of coaching this team to the best of his ability, what's best for this team. Uh, I don't think he is a dumb person. I don't think he's a dumb play caller. I think he just fools himself, and he he is just so stubborn in what he wants to do that he just doesn't know how – he doesn't want to adjust. He doesn't want to change his game plan to adjust for this quarterback or that quarterback or this situation as it arises. He wants what he has set in stone always. So, yeah. It's like Matt his Nagy. way of the highway. Yeah, exactly. Fuck Matt Nagy. He is an – he's just a prideful, egotistical fool. So uh, I did just watch some media availability, and it kind of goes along with my uh, first questions. Andy Dalton had mentioned something about like he was kind of he sounded a little cocky, and I'm not I'm not trying to like put words in his mouth at all. I'm really not, you know. I'm I, I want to be fair to people uh, and everything like that, but at the same time, um, he did mention something like you got to get the ball out quick. You know what I mean? I, I don't know if that was a slight, basically, to Justin Fields. I, I'm not saying it was. But he did mention that. So I, I did want to get your thoughts on, on that little comment there. I think that was just horrible for him to say that. I think he has this fascination to try to prove everybody wrong because everyone's been saying, hey, you know what? Looking at him in preseason, looking at what's going on in training camp, hearing what the other coaches have to say, what the players have to say, everyone feels like Justin Fields is – the best guy under center for the Chicago Bears. He is what's going to give us a better opportunity to go out there and succeed. And Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace, they promised Andy Dalton to be the guy. And then he gets hurt. And then he says, well, when he's healthy, he's the guy no matter what, which makes no sense. And then Andy Dalton comes out and says today that um, he was asked, what do you feel about how do you feel about Matt Nagy like just continuously backing you up? And he and he feels like, um, you know, it, it's incredible because, you know, that's what they promised him. They promised him to be the guy to be the starter when he was coming here. And, and Matt Nagy sticking with that. And and that just baffles my freaking mind because it's just like he again, he just wants to just be stubborn 
and he wants Andy Dalton to be running this offense this year. He doesn't want to go to Justin Fields. So he, yeah, I feel like that is a slight to. to he doesn't. He do, he's the coach. He doesn't owe Andy Dalton a fucking thing. I, I know. Whoever the best player gets the job. Exactly. It makes no best sense. Man that, that's that's Matt Nagy. And the fact that he won't tell us who the starting quarterback is going to be for Sunday, despite the fact that Andy Dalton could barely put any weight and move around and in any way in any way shape or form and Justin Fields he's been the one who's been practicing with the ones all week and he won't say who the starting quarterback is Sunday it comes off as insecurity it's a clown show yeah it's it's it well, that's the, exactly what it the is the thing right that there, i'd be worried about too with that like if whether it's like what even so let's not it, like the the kid's confidence too like yes. he had a, he's coming off a really he's coming Number off one. a really bad game right Absolutely. He's coming off a really bad game or a rough, rough game. Cause I, I don't blame him for, it was, yeah, it wasn't I don't put a lot of blame on him. Right. Um, he's coming off a really rough game. Mm-hmm. And for Nagy to like dance around the fat, like you saw the injury to Andy Dalton. Like you saw, like the dude can't even walk and, and you don't know who the starter is. Like if that's <laughs> me, I'm that, that, that afternoon I'm committed. Like Justin's our starter until, until, Andy is healthy enough to go. Like, why is he so much more um, worried or catering to a quarterback who's not our future as opposed to the guy we all know is going to be the the guy for this franchise? Maybe our first true franchise quarterback. It's like he doesn't want to hurt his feelings, but Green Bay will hurt Aaron Rodgers' feelings. And another uh, stat. I know, isn't that crazy? Uh, another yeah. stat that that came out um, that I read on uh, on uh, Twitter. So you know, keep <laughs> take that for what it is. But it was you. It does make sense. Is the um, time that Justin Fields had to make his reads were something other? It was like just under one second, or the average time is like two point three something seconds. So, what are your thoughts on that? And like, do you think Andy Dalton would have had any more success? No, we wouldn't have had any thinks. success. The Browns would have just absolutely destroyed us, no matter what. I, th- I agree. No I think it would have the score would have been yeah, it wouldn't have been any different. I agree. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Uh, matter. I, I think it wouldn't have mattered what quarterback you put back there. You can't ask a rookie quarterback smoked. to make to go through four different reads and then check it down in less than one second. Mm-hmm. It, it's you, 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 but, you can't do that. Jason hey, Peters add any extra protection to the offensive line. Absolutely. Yeah, it was, was one on ones. He didn't even move people around at all. With Miles Garrett? Oh, get Jason Peters, too? His old ass? Like, no, it's just no way. Hey, don't know hype from Ross. Thanks, Ross. I appreciate all uh, you being on the show, too, uh, a couple <laughs> times, my guy. He says Nagy's McDonald dad is the future of his career. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> probably. That's where he belongs. I hope so. We hope so. Huh? I, like, that's that just doesn't show good leadership, too, though. Because, like, for Fields, even if he if he had a bad game, Mac 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 Jones threw two picks, and Bills Bills still he, in the the in both of his pressers, he was behind him. We're, we're even Javen McDaniel's. We're, we're behind him a hundred percent. He's he's our guy. We're nothing but like you can't you can't destroy like you can't destroy a kid's confidence like that. You got it. You got to show him that even if he even if it's a rough rough start, we're gonna you got to stick with him. You you got to be behind him and you got to stick with him. You know, yep. One of the things I felt like uh, was that Nagy, uh, one of the things that's inexcusable that his game plan was not set up to protect fields. A lot of people have talked about this too. And uh, we all kind of agree. Like you, you need to roll him out more. You need to have a bootleg when people are chasing him, give him time to run. When you just have him take uh, these, these six step drops, Mm -hmm. it's he's meat. It's meat. So uh, that was was inexcusable. Uh, even the even the Cleveland Browns defensive players were saying, "Yeah, I, was, I can't believe what they were doing." Exactly, what they weren't doing. It was a field day for the Browns. one. One of the biggest weapons that Justin Fields has is not only is can he make plays with his legs, he can extend them, but like he's good on the run. He's good throwing on the run. Yes. Yep. And what what like we talked about this off camera for a couple minutes. One of the easiest ways to to help like lessen the that that like stress of 
of a bad offensive line is to just get them out of the get them get them away from it. You know, Ro- right roll them away, roll them away from pressure, or get them moving and get him out so he can use his legs and and give. And if he needs to, if he needs to roll out, you know, he can give himself that extra half second, three quarters of a second to find a check, at least a check down, yep. if anything. And I absolutely, um, I love that it was it was a thing where he kind of um, he was th- that one throw that I keep on referencing. It's on my channel actually. That I kind of it's, it's like one of the greatest throws I've ever seen a Bears quarterback ever throw. The bar is low, but anyway, he threw it in the back of the end zone in triple coverage in preseason. That was just unbelievable. So if we see more of that, and that was on the run, that was a it was on the run. So if we see more of that, I mean, this guy, the sky is the limit. Um, what were you gonna um, say and we'll see. We'll see on Sunday because I fully expect Justin Fields to be the quarterback. Um, because again, Andy Dalton is not—he's not ready. He's not ready to come back. Um, and I don't think Foles is going to be under center at all. So it's going to be Justin Fields, and it's going to be really interesting to see how they game plan for the Detroit Lions. Another thing that Matt Nagy would not address was who's going to be play calling on Sunday. He says, we're going to handle this in-house and we're not going to address the media about this. And that gives me a glimmer of hope that Bill Lazor will be the one calling the plays on Sunday against the Detroit Lions because he generates more offense when he's calling the plays versus Matt Nagy. And that shouldn't be a shocker. Now, I've heard that that that's been an argument of Bears fans for a while is that Nagy Nagy should give play calling to – to someone else because of the lack of creativity in it. That if comes that's from the case, then he calling. should be fired. If that's the case, if you're the offensive coach and you can't handle play calling, you should probably be fired. I'm just saying like, would you agree with that? Like, yeah, I, I think he man. should have been fired. Uh, Monday. <laughs> I, I, I think, I he's lost, I think he's lost the locker room. I think he's lost the respect of his players. Um, the media, everybody. He needs to be gone. I, his time is done. This I was is a, just a Matt this Nagy is defender. Show now. Yes, it's I I hundred percent agree with that. Um, and uh, my next question actually leads into that perfectly. Um, if we did move on from Matt Nagy, would you have any ideas? Would you want offensive, defensive? What would be your philosophy moving forward with Justin Fields? Uh, with Justin Fields, um, uh, I mean, a part of me would still wouldn't mind having an offensive-minded coach. Uh, I remember me and uh, Sean were talking about this um, a few days ago. We were talking and spitballing around some uh, good coaching candidates for my Chicago Bears, and uh, he was telling me that um, his offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys is might be available for, during this offseason to be hired. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe we got is, is that the offensive coordinator. Um, but – I wouldn't mind going back to a defensive-minded coach. I mean, when I look back, my fondest years of my adulthood of being a Bears fan was when we were under Lovey Smith. That was that was that was, that was a great time. Oh, yeah. yeah, you were in the Erlacher oh, jersey. Yeah. So I mean, go back to our roots, go back to our heart and soul, which is defense, running the ball, and having just the, de- the defense there, got that. The defense got it. them to that super. The defense yeah. got them to that Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, so many turnovers. That, that, that defense got like yeah, Thomas Jones that and all the way to Cedric to the Benson. Yeah, they were amazing. That was yeah, great. Absolutely. So, I mean, I, I I don't know if I really have the greatest confidence in the world of our front office in doing what's right for the Chicago Bears because we've gotten it wrong so much since Lovey Smith and a lot wrong before Lovey Smith. So, it'd be nice to have a competent coach who has a respect of his players and will do what's best for the team and not just be stubborn and set in his ways. I'm tired. Mark Tressman was that way. The locker room, he lost that. That was a horrible time for Chicago bears. The system. Or uh, John Fox. He was, he was, uh, the players loved him, but my goodness, we were horrible offensive. Terrible. Team. And we, we just didn't win a whole lot of games under John Fox, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of skeptical about what we do from here. But if we fire Matt Nagy during this uh, off during the season, that's something that the Chicago Bears just are not known for doing. We've never fired a head coach during the season. But if we did, I wouldn't mind Bill Lazor becoming interim coach for the rest of the season and him calling the plays. 
um, I'd be fine with that. It's probably better this than what we saw. It also seems like the first time they've they've had a a dual threat quarterback in a while. Oh, yeah. I mean, really, so it, calling yeah. plays for a dual threat quarterback opens up the playbook a lot too. Well, so you know, we had, you're uh, not, you don't, Trubisky, you're not, you don't have to do him any favors either. <laughs> I feel like he protected Trubisky better though. I feel like he moved the pocket more with Trubisky than he did at least. Well, and maybe yeah. in 2000. Yeah, I guess. Well, then that's the thing we had Kyle long and people were just better back then. Even the guys that we have now that are, that have been with the team for a while, they're just deteriorated. They're not as good as they were. Um, so I feel like Cody Whitehair is the only one that I can really just say is like a solid player. Um, but I mean, even he could is, be maybe is that replaced. your, is that your center, your center? He's been the center a few times. He's the guard right now. I think, isn't that right? He, Josh, Josh, yeah. I want to, I want to get yeah. your, now I've always said, I, I've said from the start that the week, one of the weak points on this team is the edge for the line around the, around the edge. Cause it seems, it's, it's, it's seen, it yeah. seems like from the beginning, you know, the interior line plays pretty good. They're serviceable. They play pretty good. Yeah, the, well, James, the center and two, right and, two here, sure. and the and the two guards have played pretty good all season, but mm -hmm. it just seems like that 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 pressure off the yeah. edge is what has what's been their Achilles heel. They just even when they chip it when they chip a running back or a tight end, it's still True. not doesn't seem like it's enough to to get and, Fields the protection he needs. Well, Miles Garrett is a beast too, but yeah, right. There's not much you can do against him, but it, it has been a problem for quite some time for the mm -hmm. Chicago Bears and. And it's tough right now, especially because uh, we're dealing with a whole bunch of injuries. We lost Tevin Jenkins before the year even started. And then Larry Borum, who looked really damn good against the Los Angeles Rams week one, he goes on IR. So now we're down to Jason Peters at the left tackle yeah. position. And he's tried his best out there. He's, what, 74, 75 <laughs> years old. And it's just been a problem for quite some time on our tackles. He just doesn't have the quickness to keep up with the DNs. Yeah. He just doesn't have the quickness. Yeah. JB Taylor says should have won that Super Bowl would have uh would have with Orton. Man, I just had to read that one because my 13-year-old self just screamed out inside like, oh, putting Orton in. Oh, oh my God. That was oh, that brings back memories. I knew we were losing this Super Bowl. I <laughs> knew we were losing that one. I remember getting into an argument with my father going into that Super Bowl. <laughs> He's like, we're going to win this one. Uh, nothing's going to stop our defense, all that stuff. And I'm like, I was like, Dad, we're, we're not we're not winning this game. Like, I'm going to root for us, and, and I hope we win, right. of course. But I was like, we're not we're not losing to Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl. When Hester returned it, though, I thought we won. Oh, I was like, dude, we're going to do this. <laughs> Now, I, I, it get, that Hester, that Hester return, <laughs> give you guys a li a glimmer of hope in the like for it. Oh my God! It was like that was I was I was I remember just jumping up and down. That's all. Yeah, uh, that was incredible. All right, but enough member berries. I got another question for you, my man. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> got enough, <laughs> got enough of them. Uh, enough of those because we're moving on. We're getting back to the Super Bowl someday, maybe with a different coach. Um. Do you think okay? We'll just go with this one, and then I got a big question for you. Do you do you think that with the right coach, uh, that Fields will succeed? Do you, how much potential do you see in Fields right now? It's, it's kind of hard to see, I suppose. Yeah, I absolutely believe that Fields will succeed in this league and with the Chicago Bears. Um, I, I love his attitude, his demeanor, um, his passion for the game. I love that nothing so far has seemed to shake him. Um, nothing wavers his confidence, man. He got absolutely mauled against the Cleveland Browns, and he kept getting back up, and and he's ready to go out there and still try to prove himself. I loved how he talked after that game as well, and yes. I doubt it'll ever get as ugly as that, and hopefully not for the rest of his career. <laughs> hopefully that's the for worst it ever gets because he was absolutely getting killed out there. For his sake. But um, with ours. mechanics, man, being a dual threat, like you said, mentioned earlier, being able to throw and throw accurately on the run, um, I, I think he will succeed. And I just think uh, the only thing that will hold him back is ourselves, Chicago Bears, because we've been known to do that. We don't have very good luck with uh, developing quarterbacks. In fact, we've never done it. I have a wild his, card question. His oh, arms, yeah. his arm strength too is is insane. That that dude can flick his wrist and launch a football forty five yards in the air. It's right. 
it's and something it's accurate. If he can have the time to set his feet, it's accurate. But the thing is, the last game, he yeah, he didn't have any time for that at all. And he just um, yeah. But enough about the offense, I suppose. We've we've kind of beat a horse on that for about twenty minutes. Uh, let's see. So so I really was impressed with the Chicago Bears defense against the Browns because the, we got Odell Beckham out there. You had two uh, potential Pro Bowl running backs. You have a, an elite offensive line. Baker Mayfield's supposed to be really good. Um, and they, I mean, they, they did have 28 points, but they were out there 80% of the time. Roquan Smith was a monster. And when Mac was out, this is the point I was going to make. When Mac was out with that little dinger or whatever with his, um, I forgot what it was exactly, lower body, I think. Uh, either way, when he was out, Smith was he stepped up like crazy. So my question for you is: Do you think that Mac could potentially be expendable? And he is—is is he maybe a potentially expensive asset that we need to consider moving past? And Ryan Pace probably won't do it. But what's your thoughts on that? Well, you look at what our salary cap situation is for the upcoming, uh, you know, two three years, and um, and the lack of depth that we have on the defense. So. I wouldn't say that you know keeping him is an absolute. I would I would like to keep him, sure. but um, if a good trade comes along where we can offload some of that salary, get some good draft picks, and invest more into depth with the Chicago Bears, I'd be for that. But uh, Khalil Mack still has it to take. People forget just how good he really is oh, because he's of what last year. Um, and he's and what Robert, you call Robert a home Quinn did a great job too. It's just we suck. Yeah, also. he's what you he's what you call a home record. That that yeah. dude will ruin your night. I love Khalil Mack. Don't get me All wrong. Talent. But the Bears suck right now. And we yeah. have a talented young quarterback. I don't know when he'll be ready to be to make the, take the next step, let alone everyone around him. Right. So that's just my I don't know. We like get that linebacker. I look, we 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 definitely need some more um uh DBs back there. So I mean, if the if the right trade came along, like something that was, um, you know, the kitchen sink thrown at us for Khalil Mack, I'd entertain it. Sure, I would entertain it at least. That's what I was thinking when I was watching Roquan Smith. You just guys light it up. So this like, is from an outsider's hey. perspective. Always listen. You you can just say no, but always always listen to what people are offering. Because if Absolutely. somebody's offering an all pro offensive, an all pro tackle <laughs> to you, like <that's, laughs> see. Ryan Pace would never do it though, because that would be that would mean admitting he's wrong. It would he's take, already done that. It once. would take a lot of balls to make that. That's a move. That's a move where, like, that's a franchise altering fields. Move. He's such a roller coaster. Like Ryan Pace will like make a great draft pick, and then he'll do something really stupid and not sign someone that he should have signed, or he'll sign someone he shouldn't sign. And he's just all over the place. He, he drives mm -hmm. me nuts. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, which younger guys – this is kind of my last uh, football question, and then we can kind of talk about whatever you guys want. Uh, but uh, which which younger guys would you commit to? Which which guys just kind of stand out to you? Oh, Jalen Johnson, Raquan Smith. Jalen Johnson. Uh, Johnson, my goodness. He's, he's becoming one of my favorite players on so our long. team. He's having an incredible season. He's looking like one of the best corners in the league already. He's doing great against, uh, you know, teams number one. Jalen Johnson, that's a guy you commit to. Hell yeah. And hopefully I we agree. don't cut him due to salary um, like we did to Fuller uh, at some point down the road. And he it's fun. He had a he had a terrible game one. The first game of the season for him was awful. The whole secondary got toasted. And by, ever uh, ever since but ever, but but game but but ever since right. then they've he's played he's played really, really well. Yeah, he's um he's been something. I mean, I feel like Jackson stepped it up. He definitely got woken up in week one i mean i don't think he's ever been the same as he was and i i think he misses kyle fuller like he's never been quite the same as he was in like 2018 but that's just my opinion uh but we i'm sure we have plenty more to i have some basketball topics but is there any other football topics you guys wanted to cover uh, i'm happy that eddie goldman looks like he's going to be playing on sunday for the first time since the 2019 season, he opted out last year. He hasn't played so far. He's the man in the middle. That's the big guy. He changes the 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 uh, the, the defense dramatically, man, especially against the run. And you know, with uh, DeAndre Swift going up against Jamal Williams, that great one-two punch, we're gonna need him. Eddie is back. Thank God. Can't wait. 
do the lions are intimidating i'm actually i'm not even just i'm not bullcrapping like this is the first time i'm actually ever saying that in the history of the bears football that i'm saying i'm, I'm a little bit worried about these lions because they oh. want to win bad oh i'm I, I love how um they've been playing with a lot of heart they do got some talent over there and they've been in some really close games that they, they barely lost to the Baltimore yes. Ravens. It took a record. That was – what a heartbreaker, huh? That was like, – in that, I mean, but that's Detroit football, though. They they, they tend to lose games like that. They but, do. Fourth, you know fourth, and nine, fourth and 19, and you give up the first down, and then they kick a 66, like, record – yeah, 66-yarder. Like, that One sucks. One thing I'm worried about for the Detroit Lions um, game is their pass rush. Their ability to get penetration and get to the quarterback. Yeah, they are top ten. I, th I believe they're seventh right now at getting to the quarterback. Pressures, wow. hitting, and that. getting sacks. You saw that against uh, Lamar Jackson. They were making a long day for him. He, the he front seven, yeah, the front seven made his made his day miserable. And, and that's an MVP in this league. Yes. It could be a long day for us. So hopefully we come with our A game and hopefully we get creative offensively and we roll out Justin Fields unlike we did <laughs> against uh, the Cleveland Browns last week. Because if not, he could be in for another day of three, four sacks. There was like no screen lines. passes either. There was no just like quick little confidence builders. You know what I mean? Like see, yeah. like I don't I don't blame Fields for that day at all. Right. One, one. Andy Dalton's hurt, and he's not announced to be the guy until, to me, what seemed like the last set, like last. So he's thrown in there, right? Mm -hmm. it, like we talked, I talked about this before. Me and JD have talked about this before. Kind of like what we think the the or what the the plan should have been for Fields, and it's we thought the Lions game would have been a, a a better game to bring you know bring him along and let him start. So you're tossing the young kid in there, trial by fire, um. Just to the wolves, and then on top of that, the O line just—he got no help the entirety of the day. He got no help. Just eat nine sacked nine times. That's that's an excuse. That's an excusable man. Just give him enough time. Just give him enough time to make a play because that secondary though of the Detroit Lions is absolutely exploitable. Oh, it's Allen terrible. Robinson always does well against the Lions, and I expect I'm, I'm predicting Allen Robinson to have over 100 yards on the Detroit Lions on Sunday. Another thing that I want us to be able to keep an eye on and um, nip in the butt is DeAndre Swift. He's dangerous. And the Chicago Bears, we're vulnerable to pass-catching running backs. And DeAndre Swift, no one's better right now than him. He is the best That's receiving crazy. running back in the league through three weeks. And that guy can make plays. So... <clears throat> We can throw the, the Lions ball. aren't we can a joke. DeAndre Swift as much as possible and get a win. No, they're they're not. They've played. The Lions have played well this year. They just they they just they don't know how to close games. That's mm -hmm. their problem. They don't know how to they don't know how to close out a game. And they are hungry for a win. So are the Bears, though. I think, and um, I, yeah. I I do think the Bears will win. But man, one of the, I, I don't know. One how. of the things. <laughs> one of the things that impressed me the most with, like, just to go back to that to the Bears' defense. One of the things that impressed me the most were Roquan Smith. That dude, that dude, his ability, me and JD talked about it before the, on the last episode, was his ability to go from sideline to sideline Yeah, is insane. The, the speed from sideline to sideline to see, just seeing him run a, run a, run a running back down in the flats and make a tackle for like a two-yard gain, and he's eight yards deep in coverage. It, it's the, the, the dude's. Speed closing ability is he's one insane. of the best in the league, and hopefully the rest of the NFL takes notice because they sure as shit didn't this uh this past year. He's 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 good, man. He's he's really good. A lot of people yeah. said on TV they're like the Baker had the best uh day of his of his career. It's, it's like, dude, if you were had the ball eighty percent of the time, did you, you see? Did you throw? see the time? The time I of possession was forty minutes. So I'm just forty yeah. minutes for the. For the yeah, you're not going to win football games. For yeah, the Browns. <laughs> and no. it's just like I hope he has a good game. My God, <laughs> like he better have a good game, otherwise he's trash. So, um, anyway, uh, did you want to talk about the? So um, let's jump into some balls yeah. there, Josh. Sure. So let's go from the Bears to the balls. Sad to apples. <laughs> now, first of all, what did you think of the off season for for the Bulls for Chicago? Oh, uh, I thought it was an incredible off season. Um, 
you know, Carter Silvis, who's been fantastic for us, you know, he inherited a team that wasn't going to go anywhere. He made a trade for Vucevic, which I absolutely loved. And the Bulls did pretty well, you know, considering that they only had one practice since making those trades to get Vucevic, to get Daniel Tice from the Boston Celtics. And I think we would have made the playoffs last year if it wasn't for Zach Levine having to go uh, down due to uh, COVID protocols. But uh, during the offseason, I thought we had a great draft. Drafting Ayu Dusumo, he's fantastic. Good, you know, combo guard who's a defender. And, of course, getting Lonzo Ball from the New Orleans Pelicans. That sign-and-trade. My goodness, that was tier one, A plus, what we absolutely needed, had to make a move for, and we did it because he fits exactly what we're looking for, a true point guard, someone who can facilitate, also defend, because that was a huge issue for us. We had a whole lot of guys who could score points but couldn't defend, and Lonzo Ball Bringing him and having him in the backcourt with Zach Levine, they complement each other extremely well. They've been wanting to play with each other for quite some time, and uh, they're going to have great chemistry. Also, going out and getting DeMar DeRozan, I did not see that coming. What a move for the Chicago Bears. I mean, for the Chicago Bulls, I'm sorry. (laughs) Because DeRozan, he is someone who is a mid-range assassin. That's what we need. He's also learned how to be more of a playmaker in San Antonio. He's learned how to be more of a facilitator. He's going to compliment um, Zach Levine's game as well and Vucevic. I thought this offseason was nothing short of incredible. Getting Alex Caruso was such an underrated move. True. He's going to be great coming off the bench. Caruso is going to be a, Caruso is going to be a, a defender, an, an awesome athletic, bench piece for you guys. Great leader too. I love everything that we did this offseason. Getting Derrick Jones Jr. too was also a very good for nothing. For we weren't going to sign him anyway. So JD, JD, comment comments on the Bulls on the Bulls. I mean, I agree 100. And let me say, it is going to be Lob City in Chi Town, dude. It is just going to be the Windy City is going to be like just the ball is going to be up in the air, man. and, and Derek Jones, like you just said, Derek Jones Jr., we were not going to sign Lowry Marketing. We had zero, we had, we just got Nikola Vucevic. The person that we like, we wanted Lowry Marketing to be Nikola Vucevic, and he wasn't even close. So, what did we do? We got Nikola Vucevic. Well, actually, I guess that was the previous regime, but, but like you said, um, AK is what I'm going to call him, the, um, the GM, mm-hmm. uh, Arturis Karnosovic. Um, I probably butchered the crap out of that, but regardless, that guy, he is a master at work. You can see this guy. He's, he's clearly an elite level GM. Um, you look at the jazz. They're such a, a great roster. They're so they're nine deep. He literally comes to Chicago. He has one summer. Denver. Oh, Denver. Yes. Denver, well, they're nine deep too. together. They're yeah. nine deep too. I don't know why I said either way. It yeah. doesn't matter. Uh, thank you though. Um, he, he comes from Denver and yeah, there has been a perennial playoff uh, contender for years and years, and they could be a finals contender this year. So Chicago comes in, they get Lonzo, um, and that alone. Well, you got like a guy like Kobe White, who's got he, he's not a bad player, but then you put him on the bench, he becomes an amazing bench piece. That's where he belongs because last year, what we tried to do was we tried to make Kobe White that starting point guard. We tried to put him in that role and see if he could be that. And he just wasn't. And that's not a knock on Kobe White. He's just a he's a two guard. He's a guy who sure. can shoot. And he's not very good at running the point or facilitating. Him coming off the bench with Caruso, once Kobe White comes back from injury, which is going to be around mid-November, that's going to be a deadly combination off the bench, man. What do you think of Patrick Williams? Patrick Williams, the paw. Yeah. Oh, Patrick Williams, man. What do you think about him? Great I don't really player. know what to think. I mean, he does he does everything, a bit of everything. He he's a great defender. He's gonna continue to be so. He's he's all over. He's got great court vision, great uh, um, um knowledge on the court, man, and where to be, put him position himself well. Um, and all he needs to do is just keep working on his offensive game and learning how to shoot and stuff like that. But then again, he doesn't really need to do that when you have Lonzo Ball, you have Zach Levine, you have DeMar DeRozan and Nikola Vucevic. He's going to be one of those guys, him and Lonzo, anchoring the defense, and he can guard multiple positions. 
I think one through four, he can guard pretty well. So, and if absolutely necessary, if it's small ball, he can guard the five too. Patrick Williams has all the potential in the world to be a superstar in this league. That's actually what I was going to ask. Do you way, think he can Williams be a star? two-way play can't that be was, underestimated. That was literally my next question. Do you think he can be a star? So why, why do you think he can be a star? You just like everything. He's got all the tools, basically, the raw tools. Like yeah. Kawhi, kind of? Like a Kawhi, maybe? Yeah, he gets compared to Kawhi all the time. That's why he's called like that. the Paul. Yeah, right, yeah. The claw. claw. The paw. He has all the same skills. I did, I did hear that, which all I like that. Because it's Kawhi Leonard. And that's exactly what we would need with the Lonzo. And here's another thing um, that I had mentioned to Bobby, not on a podcast. It was just like in passing and stuff. Dude, so like I have a conspiracy. So okay. Zion, Zion wants Zion. Let me just, I'm just going to tell you, not anyone else. So nobody else can hear this. <laughs> um, Zion Williamson, he wants to come to Chicago, man. He's going he's gonna to end up in Chicago. All right. And uh, let me tell you why. He, he loved playing with Lonzo Ball. That that guy that just set him up, now they want him to be the point guard down in New Orleans. New Orleans is stupid. They're, they're a bunch of idiots, man. He, We're, we're going to get Zion Williamson. What's your thoughts on that? I don't think we're going to get Zion. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think we're going to get him. Um, and, I mean, that that would be – that would be uh, – that would be insane. I, I, I don't think we're going to be getting uh, Zion Williamson. <laughs> no way. Mm-mm. My tinfoil hat is off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, I don't even know how much he would uh, fit with the rest of this uh, with the rest of this team. You know. Um, hey, Mav the legend. Oh, you can fit him anywhere for... in. It doesn't matter what he wants to. <laughs> what you Mav say, the Bobby? legend, a member for eight months, and Bobby Woodruff for five. Appreciate you guys for showing the support. Oh, much love. Rick and Mav and everybody, thanks for watching, everybody. We, we appreciate I, all you guys. So I want to – Josh, they, it seemed like Chicago put a lot of – it seemed like the Bulls put a lot of focus on two-way guys, guys that can not only shoot the ball but can also play defense. And and well, the defense, yeah. I think, is what really – the defense, I think, is what really – like you guys could – the Bulls could put points up. That wasn't the issue for them. It was the other end of the court that, that crushed them. Especially late, late in games too, like like the final six six minutes of the fourth, they just well. Here's that, the thing. that's what did a, that's what did them in a lot. Yeah, here, yeah. Here's the thing. So the Chicago Bulls, yeah, that was probably their biggest weakness, defense. But the thing was, the Bulls finished twelve defensively. That's better than half the league. You know, more so than half. The fact that they still finished twelfth. And they got better defensively with yeah. adding Lonzo Ball, adding Alex Caruso, getting Derek Jones Jr. That's going to make us a better defensive team. And also, Zach Levine. This is a guy who's been getting better defensively every single year. And during uh, that media day, he was interviewed and he was asked, what are some of the things that you're looking to work on for this upcoming season? Two things he's really focused on. We already know because he's he's a great scorer. He could score from anywhere. He's a, he's deadly from the three. He's Even a slasher. Yeah. He's great athletic the beast. You know ability. But the two things he really wants to work on his leadership, which is a very important to be a superstar in this league and to you know lead a team to victory. The other thing is to be an elite defender, and he really showed that during the Olympics, being coached under Greg Popovich. Greg Popovich. He had all these guys on the Olympic team that could score offense. That's something that Zach Levine could do, too. He had Kevin Durant. He had Damian Lillard. He had all these guys who could score. And he told Zach Levine, if you're going to get real minutes with me, you're going to have to be that defensive player. We need guys who can play two ways. And that's what Zach Levine did. He focused a lot on that, and he became a much better defensive player just in during this summer playing under Greg Popovich. And he's going to carry this over into the season, and he's looking to be an elite defender. We know he could be already a decent defender. If he could take that next step defensively and be a two-way superstar, that his defense with Lonzo Ball – who's going to be the anchor of the defense, especially on the perimeter, and Patrick Williams, 
man, the Chicago Bulls, they could be a top 10 defense. And in a conference where having a great defense isn't exactly necessary because you saw all these teams go deep last year who didn't have a very good defense. The Brooklyn Nets, the Atlanta Hawks. If the Bulls could have a top 10 defense to go with their scoring ability. It would match up well. Absolutely. Against the Hawks, too. They would match up very well against the don't Hawks. Don't sleep on those Chicago Bulls. I see some people, I see some Damn. rankings from some of these media outlets that, that think that the Bulls are going to be a seventh seed, maybe looking at the play-in. I don't think so. I think we're a fifth seed, maybe a fourth seed. Maybe add to that banner. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> no so uh, that's – I was going to say, I think one of the, one of the best moves you guys made Right. was the Nikola Vucevic move. That was huge because, one, that you put that guy on the block and just say, this is where you go, but you're you're sitting on the block. You're going to run this offense. for you know This is your spot. You get down low and you just be that because pushing him off the block is extremely tough to do, mm-hmm. and, he's, he's, and he's a matchup nightmare for a lot of teams because he can shoot well and he's, he's big and tough to move around. He's, it's a finesse guy under yeah he's very finesse and yeah, he stretches yeah, the court too because like you he he's very the the court vision too is very don't he's he's a very good passer as well so mm-hmm. if he he's he's gonna have to draw double double down low because he's so big and such mm-hmm. a presence down there that's gonna leave someone open and I guarantee he'll be able to like his passing ability is really good too. Oh, oh, absolutely. absolutely. And, uh, and, and uh, you know, to uh, Nikola Vucevic, he was interviewed, obviously, on, on that first uh, media day. And, uh, you know, he was asked about his optimism for this upcoming season. And, and he was saying uh, that last year when they traded for him and he came in, like I said, they had one practice from the time they acquired him towards the end of the season. And he wow. felt even with that situation, which is very hard to do uh, and deal with, he said by the time the season came to an end, they were starting to really gel. He was starting to find himself here in Chicago and the system under Billy Donovan, but it was a little bit too late. Now we're going into this new season, and he's got you know a great facilitator in Lonzo Ball. He's got DeMar DeRozan who can attack that mid-range game. This is going to be an incredible chemistry of this starting five, and they complement each other so well. I do. Vucevic. DeRozan, Zach Levine, Lonzo Ball, who's been getting better as a shooter, especially from the three. Oh, yeah. Someone's always going to be open on this offense. I love that. And and it's so true. Uh, Going back to what you said about Zach Levine really quick, what's interesting is he's kind of doing the Kobe arc with the defense and stuff like that, like we're like taking on the challenge. And the great thing about it is we don't even need him to score that much. We, no. we really don't with all the people we have. No, yeah. I mean, he doesn't need to be dependent on being an on-the-ball scorer. He couldn't, he he has he has shown in the past that he could be good off the ball. And now that he has a great facilitator in Lonzo Ball, he has someone in DeMar DeRozan who has learned to be a good playmaker, especially in the set in, in during his time in San Antonio. Well, Lonzo Ball, he's got guys who will compliment him and and be able to facilitate towards him off the ball. So he doesn't need to be, you know, so ball dependent. He could be off the ball dependent and take whatever the defense gives him. And like I said, someone's always going to be open. And that'll take take stress off of him too. So that's huge. Big time. Yeah, oh, it'll make it'll make him way more comfortable too. Absolutely. So one of the things that like to compare like the so the Bulls last year the the bench was the uh, bench the be- the depth the depth was was a problem and i think you guys fixed that in in you know the pre the the, the you fixed that in the offseason and you also fixed you know some of your defensive you know liabilities i i kind of relate like that like the celtics had a lot of talent in the in the starting five but mm-hmm. they had no bench and what would happen they would. They, they had no bench help outside of the the starting five, and it 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 killed them in the games because they would they, they, as soon as they would there was no help outside of the starting five. Right. I, the 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 depth moves that you guys made this that the Bulls made this offseason cannot be 
the bet the bench the help oh yeah you're not oh, yeah, just, you're, you're not just going to be depend you're not going to live and die on the starting five well you, you actually have pieces on the bench that will that will contribute to the once team. we're fully healthy like once Patrick yeah. Williams comes back and Kobe White comes back we're going to have a solid rotation coming off the bench. You're going to have Kobe White. You're going to have Alex Caruso. You're going to have Tony Bradley, Derek Jones Jr., Io Dusomu, who you could also put in there. It's going to be a really good rotation. Young, hungry, athletic players who are wanting to get that next contract. That's that's what that's what we filled the roster with, and I, and I absolutely love it. The only veterans are really just Vucevic and uh, DeRozan, really. Uh, isn't that right? Or I guess Levine, but Levine's really in his prime. He's a young, in his prime star, so... I don't consider him like an old veteran or anything like that. Um, but Levine, uh, my I guess my next question is, would you give Levine the Supermax now or would you want to wait for like the James Harden summer next year? Um, I think it's going to come during the uh, offseason. Um, next next offseason? Yeah. And um, yeah, you, you you give him the Supermax. I Even mean, if Harden's he's available? Gonna, he's going to show why. He's going to be worth that money. And I absolutely believe that we're going to extend him. I don't think we would have gotten Lonzo Ball if that wasn't going to be the case because those two plan on playing with each other for many years to come. They've been talking about this. They've been planning this. That's why the Chicago Bulls like are that. under investigation right now. I don't know. Some people probably forgot about that or <laughs> don't even know about that at all. I didn't Chicago know that. Actually, are, I never knew about that. Yeah, we are under investigation right now for tampering, and it's – it's been going on for quite some time. I did see a multiple lot of teams where we were. They still, they still haven't, they still haven't, done. they still haven't concluded that investigation. What's that? They still haven't concluded the investigation. No, it was believed that it was going to be concluded before training camp started, but it's still going on. Hopefully, that's a good sign that they're having <laughs> difficulties finding legitimate evidence for tampering, because if they do find us guilty of that, we will lose our first round pick. But wow. Yeah, so right That's now we're, we're going to be investigated by that. Uh, also, the New Orleans Pelicans as well, because this has been in the works for quite some time. Zach Levine is a superstar, I mean, and I think if he can be, you know, second team all defense this year, he can make that on top of what he can do offensively and be that leader. He's a superstar, and he's going to get that money, and he deserves so, it. So he does. In your opinion, Josh, what's the ceiling for the team? What's the ceiling for the Bulls this season? Um, the ceiling, I'm going to say a third seed, a third seed, the, the third seed. Yeah. Now what, what do you, well, what are your expectations for the year? My expectations that the Chicago bulls are going to have a top seven offense, a top 10 defense. And, um, we're going to prove, prove a lot of doubters wrong. We're going to prove that I'm sorry, Bobby, but we're better than your Boston Celtics. We're better than the Philadelphia 76ers. We're a better team, the Atlanta Hawks. Um, and I think the only teams that are going to be truly better than us is going, if healthy, of course, are the Brooklyn Nets, the Milwaukee Bucks, and maybe the Miami Heat. I think though us, along with those three other teams, we're the top four seeds in the Eastern Conference. From the, from the talent, I don't, I don't expect us to be – if we're in the play-in bubble – Oh, things went bad. We probably had a bunch of injuries or just shit hit the fan. I chemistry fully problems. expect this to be no um, worse than a fifth seed. For sure. With the talent that you guys have in this, like with, with the yeah, I I could see I could see a third or fourth seed abs absolutely there, and like you like I I with the talent that you guys have right now, I'd put you I'd put you top six, top six, top seven, okay. e easy. Yeah. And that's before even hitting the court. Just looking at right. the roster, looking at the talent that you have. That's it. That's a top six, top eighteen in 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 the in the conference. Absolutely. Right. Hell yeah! And the Eastern Conference is going to be fun this year. Oh, oh yeah! It, it, it's dude, what wide wide open. It's anybody's anybody's game. You have Chicago, who's good. New York is good now. They're going to be a, probably a playoff team again. They're interesting. A Atlanta. Um, you know, growing up as a Bulls fan in the 1990s, I'm seeing these other teams in the Eastern Conference, you know, come back into, um, comp you know, to competition. And it's it's awesome to see that, man. It's awesome. It's, it's, it's yeah, I agree. It's amazing. Basketball is yeah, more fun when Chicago and New York are relevant. Are, are, go are good, yeah. Yeah. It's, 
the NBA is always more entertaining when you have five, six, seventeen. You know, when it's not just two or three. Super, like you're not just looking at these super teams. Like, well, it's not even worth. It's not even worth watching. Watching because we already know who's going to be there. Right. Like exactly. this year, last year was spectacular because you got teams like the Hawks making a run. Exactly. You, you got like you like it was just seeing that these teams come from, you know, like Phoenix. Phoenix is from the damn ashes of nut. Like the, the Hawks making their run was awesome. Watching Trey Young ball awesome. in the playoffs was awesome. Trey yeah. Young was amazing. Like he was just unbelievable. And I actually did make a, a, um, a prediction that they would make the playoffs, but. I had no clue they'd go that far. I was like, I was like, I think the Hawks will make the playoffs this year. This is the year, but they went far, man. They really so, did. I got a, I got a couple of questions. I got a couple yeah. of questions for Josh. One, one football. This is just these are for these are for fun. So, okay. your, we'll start with the Bulls. I, I have a feeling I know who the, I know the answers to this question, but I'm just curious. Your. Who are two? Who are your all-time favorite Chicago Bulls players? And what? And part B to that question would be, what's your favorite Chicago Bulls moment growing up that you got to watch? Okay, my favorite two Bulls players are Michael Jordan and Tony Kukoc, number seven. That was my guy, Tony. Uh, my Hell first yeah. Bulls jersey ever was a Kukoc jersey. Um, <clears throat> a couple of Christmases ago, Sean for Christmas got me a 20 Kukoc throwback jersey. That's my guy right there. <laughs> um, my favorite Bulls moment would be the last two minutes of the 1998 finals where Michael Jordan Has showed been. why he is the GOAT. And anyone who tries to debate that or thinks they can debate that, show me somebody who did what Michael Jordan did in the last two minutes of that game. Offensively and defensively. And I was just going to say on both ends of the court. Yeah, on both ends of the court. How he stripped Carl Malone. Carl Malone, one of yeah. the greatest players of all time, and then took it to the other side and made a clutch shot and said, bye-bye. <laughs> I mean, he, I, there was no doubt. I mean, I, I was like just a little kid, but I everyone knew MJ was going to win. Oops, messed that up. Everyone knew MJ was going to win. My dad knew MJ was going to win, and him celebrating shook the entire house. I, I do remember that moment. It was pretty crazy. Good times. <laughs> if I that was that was probably moment. some of the great. That was the, that last two minutes of basketball. Yeah, was one of the. It was probably was probably the single greatest perform, like by a single Clutch. player performance, yeah. I've ever seen. It was yeah. insane. It, it, yeah, absolutely, man. Um, if I could throw in another all-time great moment for the Chicago Go for Bulls, it. Go. Well, the so, greatest dunk that has ever. Taken place, Scotty <laughs> Pippen oh, yeah. coming down the wing and dunking over and Patrick, Patrick Ewing, Ewing, putting him on a poster. <laughs> I have a picture of Scotty <laughs> Pippen dunking over Patrick Ewing, greatest dunk ever. I, I mean, it's got to be up there. If not, if if it's not that one, it's the Vince Carter Olympic one. But it's it's yeah. at least top. It's at least <laughs> it has to be in the conversation for the greatest ever. I mean, because he like teabagged the greatest setters of all time, and then the stare down. Oh, I mean that you could argue that. I mean that that alone right there, the moment. You know what I mean? The the just yeah, that, the that rivalry, alone. everything behind. Yeah, it was just incredible. <laughs> That's now awesome. for the Chicago Bears, who who's your? So all right, we can add. Well, no, let's piggyback off the Bulls one. So that's your current. Your those are your two favorite players all time. Mm-hmm. Now, who's your two favorite current players on the team? On the Bulls? Yes. Zach Levine. And I'm going to go with... Um, I'm not going to pick the new guys because, you know, we'll see. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm going to go with Kobe White. I love Kobe. Great dude. Uh, takes everything in stride. Fun player to watch. I'm going to go with Kobe White. Awesome. Now, going over to the Bears... Yeah. What was your, what was your, so what, what were, we'll, we'll pick two of each. We'll pick two, two of each. So your two favorite Chicago bears moments that you got to wit, that you got to watch. Devin Hester returning that, uh, that, 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 uh, that kick for a touchdown. 
opening up the Super Bowl. That was incredible. Um, that, and I will have to say, it was the Bears versus the Dallas Cowboys Monday Night Football years ago. The Cowboys got destroyed by my Chicago Bears, <laughs> and it won me a fantasy matchup in the playoffs. <laughs> And I'll never forget that. We kicked the shit out of the Dallas Cowboys. Hey, anytime and, any anytime a Dallas loses, it's a good time. <laughs> yeah. I still give shit to us. So who are your fa- who are your two favorite current players on the on the Bears? Oh, Raquan Smith. Raquan Smith and uh I'd probably go to go with Jalen Johnson. Yeah. I tell you one thing, man. Ro- <laughs> Don't I'm not taking anything away from from Khalil Mack. The guy is a stud. He's a home wrecker. He is he's a game influencer, right? But Roquan Roquan Smith is the future of that team. He he's the new he's the actual replacement to this guy. Like for what he actually does, like covering, you know, like side to side. And I'm not Khalil Mack is like the best pass rusher maybe we've ever had. One of them top well, not maybe ever, but maybe top five, you know, at least. But yeah, Smith, he's young, he's fast, he's hungry. He, I mean, the way he just took over that offense when Mac went down, that really showed me a lot of who he is and what he wants. Like he just started yelling and getting hyped. It was just, it was almost like he was, he was like ready for it. But yeah. yeah. And the final right. Chicago Bears question Who's your two all time favorite players? All time favorite that I watched. That you, that, yep, that you I'm got. Gonna go well, no, how about just all time? Who are your two all time? Oh, all time. Players? Oh, I'm gonna go with uh, Walter Payton. Walter Payton and Matt Forte. Love Matt. Great Forte. choices. That's Matt Forte. Right I remember Matt Forte. Amazing. He, he was he was fun to watch when he was on the when he was on us when he was God, on the Chicago man, Bears. He was he was, he was fun to he was fun to watch. When the Bears were trash, Forte was a beast. When the Bears had nothing, Forte was would step up. That was that was what I love about him. He was a cornerstone of that so of that franchise for a long time too. Another player that I loved that I wanted to see him succeed so badly, and I wish he was, you know, so much better than what he was. Um, was Jay Cutler? Mm. I, I love Jay, man. I loved his attitude. His I don't give a damn attitude. <laughs> Um, I love Jay Color, and I he, I root, he was a I he was a gunslinger. Week. He drove me nuts sometimes. He drove us yeah, Bears drove fans nuts. nuts sometimes, but also loved that guy. I had he, a he was he was really a gunslinger for time. sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I never knew I was getting every year. I you know, and I was yeah with him. I never knew I was getting in, in, in the. I remember when he signed that extension. I was upset, but like at the same time, I thought about it. I'm like, dude. He like if Jay Cutler was on the open market, people would pay him max dollars. That's just a fact. So, yeah, I hate it. We had to eat it for a while. Yeah, I mean, there there were times where I would cuss him out, just screaming at the television. Damn it, Jay! Fuck me. But uh, I also love that guy, man. Great personality. <laughs> well, the way this works, Josh. Yeah, uh, we take we we spend the final ten minutes of the show, and we just take uh we take questions from the fans, and then we we head on out of here. So if you if you're right. set for for like ten minutes to just kind of hang for and take a few questions, sure thing. All right. So if anybody's got any questions for us guys, for Josh, for JD, for any of us, please feel free to drop them in the chat, and then we will call this an episode. But this was a lot of fun. Once again, Josh, thanks again for your time, buddy. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Really appreciate you guys having me on. You guys are incredible, man. Love talking bears, bulls, just sports in general, dude. It's awesome. Really appreciate it, man. Yeah, hour of your time. It's been it's been amazing to have you on. Uh, let's see, what was the I've worst? been watching you guys? I've been watching like there, there's. So let me just say this, guys. The sports streaming community is incredible it's awesome amazing the, the the community it's it's it it really dude it's it's done so so much for me like you know you know how it is dude the same people just keep showing up over and over and over again and it's like 
it's just a lot of like we have a lot of fun in the in these man we really do like it's it's every, like it's a lot it's of fun the dude the community <laughs> the community's great um the most fun if it wasn't for there, there's like a core group of guys that I like I really would like you and you you and you and Sean are a part of it bad dog goose mm-hmm. um Anatana and um oh god there's uh there's there's like a, a core group of guys where if it wasn't for all of you guys like like you I wouldn't I like I wouldn't be here like you got you I've been watching you guys for probably three years and it's like the it's it's just incredible man the community is awesome it's so much fun we have we have a ton of fun doing this the just interacting with the crowd the crowds that the the community is just great it, it is it's a lot of fun man no questions it looks like that it's incredible uh, we do have some. Graphics. So this says. So we got one from Damian Hernandez. He says, "If the Bears lose next, or if the Bears lose this week, will Nagy get fired? And if he, he does, should. who do you guys want to see coach next? He should. He should get fired. And um, do I think it'll happen? Still, no. But he should. He should be fired. And who should be the the next head coach? Like I said uh, earlier, you know, me and Sean were talking about uh, some potential Chicago Bears coaching candidates, and he was bringing up his offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore. And uh, I was like, oh man, if he's going to be available, I'll take him. I love Kellen Moore for the Dallas Cowboys. I'll take that. That's that would be interesting. He's a young kid, man. He would bring a whole yeah. new different I, level I of energy to that team. I love what he's, what he's been doing for the Dallas Cowboys, so I wouldn't mind that. Would he be the youngest coach in the history of the NFL? Like, I'm going to look this up because he is really like mm. Kellen Moore, man. I remember watching so, him in college. So while you do that, JD, I have another yeah. question for the. Uh, I have another question. Please. The real ET for for the bowl for the bowl like the uh, resident 32. Bulls fan. Mm. He said, "When the Bulls make the playoffs, notice how he yeah. said when." <laughs> Who do you want them to play first? As far as quarterback uh, or the team? No, the uh, the Bulls. When the Bulls make the playoffs, the who Bulls do you want? Who do you want them to play first? Who's gonna? Who would their best matchup be? Um, I would like to play the Knicks. Would they win that game? Absolutely. Yeah, we'd beat the Knicks. Yeah, I agree with you. I um, think if we can yeah. make the playoffs. And we have a playoff series between the Chicago Bulls and the New York Knicks. It's going to be nostalgic Dude, as that's, hell for that me. That would draw. That would draw too, because that those are two storied franchises for sure. That's what I want to see in the first round. Kellen Moore is, uh, yeah, thirty-two. So that would that would make him the youngest, the youngest NFL. Actually, it wouldn't. Sean McVay was thirty. I was going to say Sean McVay. Oh, I, I can't believe that. I, I thought it was like thirty-five, but I looked just looked it up. Unreal. But yeah, one of the youngest, definitely. Yeah. Anyway, I'm glad we looked that. Would, that would like, breathe what? some like 32? light. Like that would be interesting too, because Kel like. Get beer real quick. Hell yeah. What were you going to say though? Oh, yeah. I can hear you guys. Yeah. I can hear you. Yeah, I just grabbed something. Quick. What are you saying, Bobby? It would it would be very interesting because he would bring like a whole new mentality to the to the 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 Bears. I think it would be good. <laughs> Crom says I'd rather keep Kellen Moore. Not gonna lie. <laughs> well, I bet you would. Yeah, I bet but, you would. Would. but if he's gonna be available to be interviewed, yeah. They should absolutely yeah. look into it. Damn right. Okay, yeah. I'm taking. But Josh, thanks again, man, for really coming out. I like I said, you you got. You, thanks you. Thank you for the time, dude. It, it means a lot. Absolutely, dude. And it was a lot of fun, dude. It was definitely yeah, a lot I, of fun. I, I would do it again. So. But I'm gonna put oh, yeah. Josh and I'm gonna put Josh and Sean's the Sports Furies link in the in the description box, guys. After this, so if you if you haven't gone and checked them out, please go do so. They support me and. Uh, the thing that I ask anybody that that is a part of the channel is if the guy, the guys that support me support them too, because mm-hmm. we might not we might not root for the same team. Seriously, I hate your teams. <laughs> fuck all your teams. But like, fuck your team. But the Fair sport the in now. general, we're fans of the sport, and the we, we just want to see the 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 sports do well. We want to see the we want to see good competition and and just so if they like. Sure. I, that's all I'm asking, guys. These the Sports Fury has been a, a 
a big supporter of mine and they're from the start, man. And they, they, they're part of the reason why I, I'm here. So if you haven't gone and checked them out, their link will be in the description after this, after this stream is over. But thanks again, guys. Everybody enjoy your weekend. I'm going to be in despair on Sunday night. I will probably, <laughs> probably be not in a good mood and be throwing, be throwing things by the end of that stream. But we will, we will, we will be doing that and watching, watching my Patriots most likely go down in flames. <laughs> but I hope, <laughs> I, hope I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I hope Brady's got the flu and he can't even throw. <laughs> oh wow. Now we're wishing the flu on him. Come on, man. <laughs> right on though. I feel it. I feel yeah. it. This has but been again, the windy thanks, thanks city takeover. Much appreciated, buddy. Yeah. Thanks again, guys. Everybody enjoy your weekend. We're in for some good football. And uh, basketball right around the corner. Two weeks away before the regular season for the for the Bulls, the South for the NBA starts up. Thanks again, guys. We appreciate y'all. Everybody enjoy your weekends. We'll see you Sunday. We're out of here. Thanks for watching. Peace. Guys. Bear the fuck down.